0: You've tuned into Geek Elite Radio. Good luck.
1: What if you found a portal to a parallel universe? What if you could slide into a thousand different worlds? Where it's the same year, and you're the same person, but everything else is different. And what if you can't find your way home?
0: Welcome back for another issue of Imagine If. This week is a little bit of a solemn week in comic books because of the bad news we got earlier this week. It's probably going to be the one thing that we talk about this today after we get past the this, spinner this rack. But to introduce, you know, my other co host, Chris. Hey, how's it going, everybody? And then our special guest this week is Sam. Hi, guys. <laughs> so, uh, Sam, just a little bit of background on yourself. Like, how, how long have you been reading comic books?
1: I have been reading comics since I was a teenager. I'm in my 40s now. I'm 47 and uh I got into comics um when I was in high school. Uh we used to work at a comic book store in uh, downtown Covina. Um I don't even know if they still exist um and I the, the name will come to me eventually, but we would work for uh New Comics. And I would get uh Punisher was my was my com is still <laughs> my my comic of choice, but you know I I definitely know who who a lot of the the larger names are, but um yeah, that's I mean that's that's about the the long and short of it from my background in comics.
0: And I mean, are you are you still collecting now? Or I, I am,
1: I am not as much as I used to. Um, you know, because obviously, you know, married, have kids now, have a grandkid, right? Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So not as much room to to stack up comics in the in the house as when I was younger.
0: And uh, just just since uh, Punisher is, is your favorite, it, how'd you feel about the movies, subsequent movies, and then TV show?
1: Uh, okay, if we're going all the way back to the Dolph Lundgren movie, yeah. I was disappointed. Okay, uh, with the fact that they boiled down the most iconic thing of the Punisher, that being his skull, to uh, I think it was, what was it, a knife hilt? Something yeah, like that, a yeah. silver knife yeah. hilt. But um, I mean, overall, Dolph Lundgren, you know, was a was a good looking Punisher <laughs> you know, as far as <laughs> as far as uh, uh, the aesthetics of, of the character. But um, yeah, they they could have done a lot more. But back then, Marvel wasn't what it is now. You know, so. Uh, th- there was definitely a lot to be des- uh, a lot left to be desired, I think. But and then they they came up with the uh, the Thomas Jane movie. I think was the next one, right? Right. Yeah. Really enjoyed that one. That's um, my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think that um, that was a very good storyline. Um, updating it, you know, because obviously you can't keep the Punisher as a Vietnam vet. Mm-hmm. You know, in in the year two thousand, whatever it was, that they made that one. Um, but so that was a good update. That was a good storyline. Um, I liked uh, um, John Travolta's bad guy. You know, um, was it Vincent?
0: Yeah. No, I don't know. if it was no. Vincent, because his his name's Vincent in Pulp Fiction. But that's right. That's right. I can't. It, oh, I can't think of. It. He's basically a kingpin. Kingpin,
2: <laughs> kingpin knockoff. Yeah. <laughs> he ha-
0: He has a. He has a name. Saint. Saint.
2: Saint. <laughs> we both said saint. Yeah.
1: Same time. Yeah. So that that was an enjoyable movie. I um, really dug the um, uh, Punisher War Zone movie. With um, oh god, I can't think of his Ray name. Stevenson. Ray Stevenson, thank you. Um, that was a good one. I think they could have done the jigsaw character a little, a little better. Mm-hmm. But you know, again, you're you're never going to get the perfect comic book movie. I think no matter what, right? You know, there's
0: always going to be some changes between exactly. And there's always going to be screen. fans
1: out there that that just are not going to accept what gets put out. You know, so and then uh, we get onto the TV show. Um, I'm sorry, the uh, Netflix series loved it. Mm-hmm. I really, honestly, I think that um, John Bernthal uh, was became the Punisher mm-hmm. for that TV series or for that Netflix series. Sorry, um, I enjoyed the fact that you had to watch Daredevil season two to basically watch Punisher zero mm-hmm. you know? yeah, yeah, point yeah. zero <laughs> five or whatever you want to call it. You know, <laughs> the precursor series, a right. Season. Um, I'm looking forward to Punisher season two uh, if if it happens. I know I've seen it on uh, IMDb.
0: Yeah, they, they're they uh, filming it right now. Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. Um, I was hoping to see him in uh, uh, Daredevil Season 3, but I haven't started watching that yet. and I know it's already been out for a couple of weeks. So, yeah. And then the comics, collecting the comics, you know, um, over the years, um, I ended up getting the 1986. Um, most of that, I think I have all but five issues mm. of that. Um, you know, and then I collected a lot of the war journal. I collected um, a lot of the one-offs, the... Um, the the Garth Ennis ones, uh, I think there was Frank Miller didn't do any Punisher, did he? Uh, I don't think he did. I do
2: I think he more or less just kind of touched on Punisher in the Daredevil stuff when he because he, okay. he he'd bring him over and okay. he definitely would play on the dichotomy of the two characters. But yeah, I don't think yeah. he ever did anything by itself. Yeah,
1: because I'm a I'm not, I'm still not a whole lot familiar with a lot of the names behind mm-hmm. behind the scenes. So I'm I'm hoping to beef up my knowledge with that as as we go. So yeah.
0: Yeah, all right. Well, that's a little bit of insight into Sam. Let's uh, get to the spinner rack. All right, so this Wednesday, when you go to your comic book store, here are some things I'd
2: suggest you keep an eye out for. So coming out of DC Comics, uh, Detective Comics issue 992 will be out there. This will be part of James Robinson's big Two-Face story. Uh, I read the first three parts. I I, I found it kind of interesting. I mean, I I feel like sometimes they take two-part stories and they make them into six parts Mm -hmm. for the trade paperbacks. So that's what I kind of felt it is, but I am, in, I am intrigued enough to see the story through to the end of it. Uh, but I would recommend keep an eye out on Detective Comics because once Pete Tomasi gets on this series, I'm sure they're going to be running it all the way to 1,000.
0: Mm. So I imagine
2: their first issue will take you all the way up to the big one. So keep an eye out for those. Flash issue 58 will be out there, and that will begin the Force quest. So Barry's going to explore the other forces that are out there as well as the Speed Force. Hawkman number six will be out, and this will probably wrap up the first arc. Um, I think it was issue four where they really dumped a lot about Hawkman's new origin, so this will be nice to see how his first story arc wraps up. It sounds like uh, Robert Vandetti's been doing a great job with old Kadar there, which is great. Uh, Mr. Miracle issue 12 will be out, and this is my pick of the week. Um, I've been following this Mr. Miracle series now for over a year, and I think it's been fantastic. Um, you know, Scott Free is one of those characters that I definitely enjoy. I love seeing when he gets his moment. And this series by Mitch Gerards and uh, Tom King has been a glorious moment. So it's definitely going to be nice to read that. If you're a fan of Nightwing, uh, Nightwing Volume 8, Lethal Force will be out. and This will continue on with the Chuck Dixon era of Nightwing comics. So this would have been like around the mid-90s. Uh, great stuff. I'm kind of sad to see that this trade paperback collection will stop because this will take us all the way to issue 70 of Nightwing's basically his first real comic book series. Mm-hmm. And I want to say it ran to like – Somewhere in the one, 100 teens, I think, somewhere around there. So I hope they find a way to continue to give us those issues as well. Uh, I started going back and looking at some back-issue trades, and holy cow, those prices are up there. So hopefully they'll do some reprints. Uh, Plastic Man issue 6 of 6 will be out, so that'll conclude that series. I know you're reading that, Mitch. uh you excited for the conclusion? Anything going on with that?
0: I am definitely excited for it. Uh, Gail Simone... I would say that more often than not, I enjoy her writing. So, uh, what she's doing with Plastic Man, and I, I guess revitalizing, retelling, rebooting his origins, uh, <laughs> cool. so to speak, is 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 definitely um, great. Like, yeah, Plastic Man, as we've talked many times in this in the show, is that you know a golden age character and it's been around for a very long time. Doesn't yeah. probably doesn't have the. Uh, prestige or it just doesn't people don't know him as well as you know you would know yeah. other characters that have been around that long spider or superman or batman so like yeah. Uh or even green arrow for that matter but uh but he's been around for a while and 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 probably your first criminal turn hero if you think about it yeah you know? he's
2: definitely one of those yeah. i mean he's one of the first ones to play yeah. with that trope yeah yeah, yeah.
0: So, See, and I've never known that before today. Yeah, See, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was he was a uh, he was a straight up criminal, part of a gang, robbing a place, got shot, fell into some liquid.
2: Luckily, he fell into a different vat and yeah. become a <laughs> an evil grinning <laughs> lad. Right. And he just became a stretching <laughs> madman who fought for justice. <laughs> so there
0: you go. Uh, and then. I, and then, I, 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 I mean, when I was introduced to him, he was it was uh, Grant Morrison's JLA run. And, yeah. you know, Grant Morrison, I felt like gave, gave him a whole bunch of new attributes as well as essentially be not being able to die. Like, I
2: think Mark Wade actually would be the guy who actually gave you a lot about that, too. Because, oh, okay. Yeah, Mark Wade, And I, I want to try to remember who else wrote... That that JLA run. If you ever get a chance, they've got most of it in trade paper pack. Do yourself a favor, go get them, read them. It's fantastic. Um, but yeah, Mark Wade gave us a lot of there because that, that was some of those moments where mm-hmm. he they started exploring Eel O'Brien as right, opposed to just right. Plastic Man.
0: So so yeah, great great character, and uh, I, I'm enjoying Gail Simone's run. Yeah,
2: good. All right, I'll have to. I'll probably borrow your issues to check that one out. So, I know the covers have been fantastic looking.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, did, so you said that all of that came out for Nightwing was just the. Just the volume, uh, the yeah. Just the card?
2: just the volume 8 trade
0: because I had a, I guess a theory on the new on Rick on Rick on Rick G- Grayson. Yeah, it's just Chris
2: O'Donnell, right? So,
0: <laughs> so I I mean, if you're reading Nightwing, and I know I'm not, I might be an issue behind or not, but uh, you, before the bullet to the head, which happened in Batman, yes, Batman not, 55. not even not even in Nightwing, yeah. You know, Nightwing is is cruising around. Bloodhaven's got this whole problem with uh, 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 this dark web character that you know can look like anybody and then find info on anybody. And like, it's caught, it's captured one of his friends who he thought was the bad guy, and then it also took uh, Vicky Vale, who he was starting to devel- develop a relationship with, was just kind of weird. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he had to go win a motorcycle race to try and get his friends back. Yeah, what's oh, you're behind. Issue. <laughs> no, no, that's not the last issue I read. <laughs> oh, okay. That's the last issue But then before. how it just segues into. Yeah, yeah. and then, then in Batman, he gets shot, and then next issue of Nightwing... Nothing is being remembered about those characters. Like wow. n- none of that stuff is happening. And he's like, "Oh, well, I'm Rick now." And you got Babs coming around saying, "No, you're supposed to be Dick Grayson." And he's like, "Well, I don't remember that person. That's nothing to me. And Nightwing's nothing to me." And then you have this mysterious detective guy that shows up. Right. He's part of the new uh, Bloodhaven PD, and he he puts on one of the Nightwing costumes, and he's he's using a gun and stuff. Honestly. I think that he get he got shot in the head and he's he's in a coma and this is all happening in his head. Really, is, Ooh, I think this man. is all simulation. This is a way. It's either going to be some kind of magic, some kind of science, or Martian Man or some, You know, some kind of mind reader that's like making it so that he can make the connections back to getting to where he was supposed to be. Huh. And that's an interesting. Theory. Once he finally comes out of that, he'll be like, "Oh man, I got to go save Vicky Vale and and uh, whatever that <laughs> other guy's name is." But because it's just weird how they dropped that other story. Without a resolution. Yeah. Well, so, you,
2: you know the writers changed.
0: Even so. Yeah. Oh. I, would, I would assume an editor would be like, well, we can't just leave this un, unopened like yeah. this. I've heard of yeah. this
2: mystical job that I would kill to have. This editor, yes. I, I do agree. It'd be nice if they did have some closure between arcs and writers. <laughs> yeah. So,
0: I mean, it might not be, because that's kind of a cop-out for him just to wake up one day and be like, oh, that was all just a dream. But, Dallas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I just feel like... Uh, I feel like that's what the writer's going to be going with, because this, that the detective that shows up, that puts on the Nightwing outfit, could he look any more like Dick Grayson like, oh, yeah. <laughs> before the, the bullet to the head? Uh, so I, I honestly, I just think it's a, a different part of his psyche that's trying to remember and trying to be Nightwing again, and then you'll see the two of them. Maybe when we come out when he comes out of it, he'll be like, yeah, I should be a detective on the Bloodhaven oh, PD. I feel
2: like that's definitely going to take a cue from the DC Universe yeah, TV, the, series. The yeah. TV series. So. Yeah, the Titans TV
0: series. Yeah. Uh, all right, so. oh, it's an
2: interesting theory. I like it. I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm appreciating it. Like, I know there's been a lot of people that are mad with the whole Rick and and all that stuff, but I mean, he got shot in the head. He's got some damage. Yeah, you know. I mean, it's it's plausible. You it's know, very and, plausible. And, and I think it's interesting too. Like I like those beats when you see the sadness of Barbara and Alfred. I think that's fantastic. You know, like that makes me. Uh, somebody posted something on Twitter. And they had one issue of the Nightwing book where Dick is always like, I'm glad Barbara will always be there. Mm-hmm. And then the next page was from Batgirl's book, from Barbara's book. And she's like, I'm glad that whenever I call, he'll always pick up. And then the next two images come from Nightwing issue 50 where it's like, he's not coming back. Mm-mm. He's not Nightwing. It was like, wow. And that happens in life. You know, yeah. promises are hard. And I just think it's fantastic <clears throat> and it's, it's gutsy. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go.
0: So, and then I also had a question. <laughs> To, to pose to you is the at so as a result of KGB's taking the taking the shot and and you know hitting Nightwing in the head, right. uh, Batman tracks him down to northern Russia, whatever yeah, cabin Siberia. In the nowhere. Yeah, <laughs> cabin in the middle of the frozen tundra. And he beats the crap out of him to the point where I mean he's almost about to lose, but he takes out his bat his bat um, grappling hook and shoots him into the like, shoots him in the chin. And uh, KGB is sitting there in the snow You've read this issue right? oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's, he's like you broke my neck Like I can't move I'm paralyzed And he's like well that's what it's going to be And he's like well I'm going to freeze to death here He goes well I don't have to do anything about that either And oh, yeah. he walks away So take into account What happened to Jason Todd back in the day All right? And you know the Joker And then what happens to Dick Grayson And then KGB's How does Jason Todd takes it? take this
2: you know, I find it interesting, and obviously it's it's different eras and, and stories play out, uh, because if you look at, and same thing, writer change. Mm-hmm. So Jim Starlin picks up the pieces from um, Mac, I can't think of his, uh, Max Allen Collins. Mm-hmm. So Max Allen Collins basically picked up from right after Frank Miller with Batman Year One, and he's writing the stuff, reintroduces Jason Todd as the scrappy kid who steals a wheel off the Batmobile and... Things go bad between the editor and Mac, so Mac leaves. Uh, Jim Starlin's available. He's a great writer, and he's working at DC at the time. And he just starts showing us how much of a jerk Jason Todd is. Then they finally put out the 1-800 number and all that stuff. And pretty much Jason Todd dies, death of the family. And you do see that. Like Batman is fighting Joker to the death. Mm -hmm. They're both ready to die in this helicopter, and you know Batman manages to get out the last second. So I kind of feel that's almost like that in Batman Begins when it's like, I don't have to like. I won't kill you, but I don't have to save you. Right. Like he did, try to take the Joker down. It just didn't work out the way he wanted to. And same thing, you know. We, we see these bad guys always escape. Mm-hmm. Um, how would Jason handle it? Like I I, I I guess the bigger question is why does Bruce do it? Like if, if we're talking about like waking up from a dream sequence and stuff like that, that's kind of what I almost feel like Tim Tom King's Batman is doing. Like it's kind of, it, it almost feels like it is separate from the DCU because everything that's going on. I mean, I get Bruce being mad, you know, like his son just got taken from him. This is after he had just got stood up at the altar from Selena, you know, love in his life is going, it's gone, you know? So I, I don't know if what we saw is real. I don't know what we saw, you know, it's interesting, but taking from what we did see, um, I could see Jason probably being pissed if he finds that out, where he's going to be like, you told me you would never break that oath Mm. and you did it for Dick. And I get it. That's your son, but aren't I your son as well? Yeah. So, I mean, that would be an interesting issue to touch base on. Um,
0: Well then also on the other, on the other hand though, um, you know, I haven't read the latest issues of Red Hood and the Outlaws, but Red Hood has taken on a new position. You know, he's, he's not, he's not, He's not an agent of the Bat, so to speak, anymore. He's not playing by Batman's rules anymore. Uh, he took that shot at, at Penguin, but I've seen Penguin in stuff lately, so I'm guessing he didn't kill the Penguin like well, we thought.
2: Yeah, and that's what's funny, too. Like He's he's apparently, because now the book is rebranded as Red Hood Outlaw. So that's he's right. on the run right. because of the whole Penguin thing. But yeah, in, I don't know if you've read it, not to spoil, but the newest issue of Batman from Tom King has Batman confronting the penguin and basically the penguin gets threatened. Like he's he's you know getting he's rising to his kingpin status. Right. But he's been manipulated into that because of Bane. And so something didn't go out as planned. So Bane kills somebody that's important to the penguin and so that's where the penguin kind of goes to Batman. He's like, I'm on your side. So uh, So obviously this is some weird stuff happening. (laughs) Like does it all tie together? Is the editor at the Bat Universe doing their job and whatnot? (laughs) Because if I remember correctly I know Scott Lobdell is writing Red Hood Outlaw right now. I think he's also writing Nightwing. I don't remember off the top of my head, Um, but I do find that funny that, you know, if, if you do have the one guy writing the two books, he could at least draw what's going on from there. But, I mean, is what Tom King doing that secretive that it's like, all right, hush, hush, and we'll play to your stories after the fact. right? You know?
0: So that, I mean, that's the other thing was like with Red, Red Hood and, uh, being an outlaw, seeing something happen to a, another former Robin that happened very similar to him, does he go after KGBs to put KGBs down permanently? Ooh,
2: that'd be interesting. I think, I kind of wish maybe that's how they should have played it with right. the sequence of events. Mm-hmm. Instead of it being Penguin that he quote unquote killed, that it was KGB right. that he killed. You know, But it, here's an interesting piece. In KGB's first appearance, his first storyline, Batman killed him. Oh, wow. the editor just did not want that to happen, so they, they put in a last minute panel to sneak it in. But Jim Starlin, I think, is the creator of the KGB beast, and so they had the it was the ten the ten nights of the KGB beast, and it was a four issue miniseries in the Batman book in the eighties. And yeah, at the end, Batman's like, I can't stop this guy. He's he's fucking nuts. So he traps him in a subway tunnel in the middle of nowhere Gotham, wow. seals the deal, and it's like, all right, I'm leaving you here. So essentially he killed him, but comic books being the way they are, it's like, oh, he found that secret panel, and he snuck out real quick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, and then at some point, apparently he lost his arm due to the Batman. And oh, yeah, he did why, that. That's why he had that specific <laughs> arm and took the shot. But. He
2: always had that weird gun hammer hook arm thing yeah. of his. Yeah. Just craziness. But uh, well, speaking of Red Hood, Red Hood Outlaw issue twenty eight <laughs> will be eight will be out this week also this Wednesday, uh, and I, I, I just looked so yeah it is Scott Lobdell writing both books mm, so wow. I hope he listens to us and he gets an idea to yeah let's let's see <laughs> Jason Todd. Handle you know his older brother being shot and yeah. taken away.
0: I mean, I would assume that would be a, that'd be an interesting thing. Now, do
2: we toss uh, do we toss Rick into the uh, Lazarus Pith and see what happens? That's what oh, happened to Jason. I didn't think about that.
0: <laughs> yeah, you're right. That that could definitely I could see Batman really being like, nope, we need Dick Grayson back, so he just throws him in there. We, you wait out the craziness for the the hour or so, and then <laughs> he wakes up as Dick Grayson again.
2: Hell. Now you know what I'm, I'm I'm surprised, and I guess it, it must have gotten taken away. But remember the Purple Ray. From the Amazons? Yes. Why the hell is that not used more often? I mean, it's like, as soon as Dick got shot, Batman should have been like, all right, we're in the Batplane, we're going to Amazon, you know, Thymoscira, right? And fucking Purple Ray him <laughs> right now. <laughs> Heal him.
0: Would, you know, probably get uh, Zatanna to come in and be like, speak backwards and boom. He's, remember him. He's, yeah, yeah right. remember who you are. And I, I imagine Dick Grayson would be thankful. He'd be like, yeah, I would rather be me than Rick. <laughs>
2: You should have that as a panel, Zatanna saying, no more Rick. (laughs) There we go. All right, but anyways, moving along. So um, good stuff. We'll have to speculate about that more as we get more issues deeper in the stories. Uh, But anyways, Sandman Volume 2, The Doll's House, 30th Anniversary Edition is out. So that's um, tackling Neil Gaiman and his famous Sandman run. So if you're interested in learning more, that's definitely going to be a great place to go. Superman Issue 5 will be out, continuing on the... Ongoing Zaga of Ra Ghoul Ra-z- or something like that. Ra's al Ghoul. Some weird stuff. <laughs> um, Superman's another one of his famous villains that's not there. But what I do <laughs> find interesting in this issue, though, is we'll have General Zod. You know, I feel, especially ever since Man of Steel, Zod has become so much bigger as a mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Like, they're purposely like... Like, not a year goes by where we don't see General Zod. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, for the longest time, you never saw Kryptonian villains. So, I find it way no. interesting that, that they're out there. Uh, Titans issue 29 will be out. I, I, speaking of editors, I hope that the Titans book takes a moment to reflect because they've lost, what, three of their founding members. You know, Arsenal and Wally were killed in Identity Crisis, or Heroes in Crisis. Heroes in Crisis, right. And basically, Dick is dead. You, you know, know, we that, have Rick.
0: That's but, Honestly, that's what I was going to bring that up, too, is that uh, is there somebody, is, does Dan Didio just have a hard-on to kill off the Titans? Because, <laughs> and I don't mean to be crude, but like, yeah, we lost Wally, we we lost Roy, and Dick Grayson is essentially gone. Yeah. It's like, is anybody watching Garth and and, and uh, Donna? Like, or is anybody like w- looking after them? Because something might happen to those two.
2: Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy, and I mean too. Even if you look at the Titans themselves, like then if we go to the new Teen Titans, you know, Cyborg's been virtually written out of that world. You know, so mm-hmm. I mean, we do see that. Yeah, it's it's not a good time to be a Titan. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so, but uh, unfortunately, this will start a, not unfortunately, I mean, if you're reading the book, I hope it's good, um, but this will be starting a new arc. But I do hope somewhere down the line that they do uh, take a moment to look at their losses. Uh, v for Vendetta. We just had November the 5th pass, so V for Vendetta will be celebrating its 30th anniversary and they will release a 30th anniversary edition hardcover. Uh, this will retail for $49.99. I recommend it. It's definitely a good story. I know I appreciate the movie, and I didn't feel that those two varied far from each other. But I will stress to you, shop carefully when it comes to V for Vendetta, because with DC doing their black label, I think this book... Has been announced as a black label book, but if it hasn't, it definitely should be one. Mm-hmm. So, if you want to get yourself a nice hardcover, this would probably be the way to go. But if you want to stick it out and wait for a decent trade paperback, I'd wait for the black label one.
0: Is it odd? I mean, I guess not odd because he's just he's a good writer. But is it odd that how many like? Screened adaptations are <laughs> Alan Moore stuff, like it is crazy. Like, and he obviously hates every single one of the adaptations, but <laughs> yeah. he uh, his stories are written to a way that people, I guess, just love them and want to see them on in live action.
2: It is something else. I mean, you know, From Hell, V for Vendetta, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, Watchmen, and Watch, so many yeah. more. It is crazy how these books, because, like, I mean, when I was a kid in the 80s and 90s. None of that stuff popped up on my radar. No. I mean, I'd see Watchmen and I'd see the little happy face, I'm like, Yeah, that looks lame. <laughs> Not realizing what it meant.
1: <laughs> when I saw Watchmen, I didn't I didn't even know that was a comic. No I mean, kidding. Well, that that's what a limited exposure I've had, even though I've been a fan of you know, you guys obviously know now from the Punisher, but like, I know who all the big ones are from DC. I know who all the big ones are from Marvel, but um, had no idea who the Watchmen were. Okay. No you know, no idea. And then when, when it came out, my best friend from high school was like, oh, man, I can't wait to see this movie. I remember reading that when I was a kid. And I was like, "Reading what? <laughs> he goes to the <laughs> comics. And I was like, what comics? <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, I would love to eventually, one of these days, get into um, those and, and and take a look at the the origins of the, the
2: Watchmen. We'll, uh, we'll have to start our own brand, the Geek Label. <laughs> the geek
1: label well, I <laughs> mean,
0: you, you'll have you have plenty of options because uh, DC loves to reprint Watchmen almost every okay. other year. Okay. So. Right on. <laughs> and then try and do something with the property so that they don't lose the yeah <laughs> you so lose so lose it. rights. Yeah. 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 So uh, yeah, and I mean, obviously, we got the HBO TV show coming out here pretty soon. That's going to be essentially what it looks like. It's going to be after the Watchmen. Okay. Uh, the, after the book. Uh, we had before The Watchmen, which was comics that came out, what, how many years ago now? Oh,
2: God, I want to say 2009 is ringing a bell in my mind. not so, like
0: it was that far away, but, but it could be. Yeah, yeah, it's been. Yeah. Uh, so there's there's all kinds of uh, Watchmen stuff out there now. Well, it is interesting. Yeah, oh, and then we, we got Doomsday Clock yeah, going Doomsday on right Clock, now. Yeah, which is,
2: yeah. So, I mean, you have a a prequel and a sequel to Watchmen, and mm-hmm. who knows what's going to happen after Doomsday Clock, mm-hmm. if they're part of the DC universe or not. Yeah. So, yeah, crazy stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll have to let you borrow my trade of that. Okay. It would be interesting to pick your brain. Because as a fan of The Punisher, yeah. um, you know, the comedian, comedian it would be yeah. interesting to see your thoughts on that guy. And let's see, my last book from DC Comics... Wonder Woman issue 58 will be out. This will start the new era with G. Willow Wilson taking over and writing The Wonderful Woman. So it'll be interesting to see how well she handles the character. And if you're looking for a jumping on point, obviously this would be it. Uh, This is going to be an interesting one because most of the time we get the standard two covers. This time they will actually be putting three covers out there. So Hmm. big issue to start with. Uh, Going on to the other side of the fence uh, over at Marvel Comics, we will have Amazing Spider-Man issue 9. Like I say, every time they say, listen to this, I've been enjoying this book. Uh, you know, Most of the time when a big writer leaves Spider-Man, especially uh, for as long as, now I'm blanking on his name, um, but as long as our previous writer was on the book, I, I thought it was going to be hard. I almost felt like oh, I'll probably walk away from it. But I've been really enjoying it. So Dan Nick, Slot. There you go. Thank you. Uh, Dan Slott did a great job, but I will say Nick Spencer definitely, he picked up the baton and he is running fast with it. So it's been a fun series avengers issue 10 will be out and this one will be loaded with a ton of choices for covers because not only is this issue 10 of the current avengers series but is regarding to the uh legacy numbering this will be the 700th issue oh, of wow. the avengers yeah 700 issues uh deadpool's got like a million but hey that's great that the avengers <laughs> finally made it to to number 10 there number 700 the Black Order, if you'd like that super villain team that was supposed to do an amazing job in Infinity, and didn't, mm-hmm. and they were supposed to be very scary in Avengers War- Infinity War, and they weren't. Mm-hmm. Well, now they're going to get their own limited series of five issues of probably not something worthwhile. <coughs> but if you were a fan of them in the movie, give it a shot. Maybe they'll maybe they'll finally find somebody that'll make them look scary enough as they need to be. Captain America will be out with issue number five. Uh, Teneste Coates has been doing a great job. This this run of Captain America, it feels like it's the proper sequel to Ed Brubaker's run. So I am definitely enjoying it. It's got that whole... Stealthy, undercover, '70s geopolitical just mess to it, and it's fun and it's great. So I'm excited. And I think the the Winter Soldier is finally going to get a spotlight in this issue. So of course I'm even more happy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider will be wrapping up his fifth issue of his five part mini series. Uh, so now he is officially part of the Six One Six. So now we got two Franks running around. I, I, it seems like that's something you know. We've had old man Wolverine, our old man Logan, and you yeah. know the the, the the time lost X Men and stuff like that. So I am just looking forward to when Cosmic Ghost Rider meets current day Frank Castle, and I just want to <laughs> see will will Frank tell himself something or will it yeah. just be like this poor fuck?
0: I also feel like I want Cosmic Ghost Rider to meet up with Frank and Castle.
2: Oh, Frank that and, would oh be God, great. Frank
0: and Castle. <laughs> Just to see what happened there. <laughs> I, see, I stopped
1: watching. You know, collecting for a while and, and then I like I said I got into it again and um, I saw a Frankencastle like number 11 or whatever it was at, at the local comic book store Are we allowed to say yeah alright a fan quest cool you're um, welcome Diane <laughs> anyway um, I saw that and I was like what's that and she was like oh yeah it's Frankencastle they, you know, I don't know if it was an ongoing at the time or if they didn't know if they were only going to do a certain amount and I thought oh I gotta I gotta see the rest of these freaking things But <laughs> so like, as, as silly as the cover looked I was like well They've made this many issues, so, and, and I think I have four or five of them, and I'm looking for the rest now. Unfortunately, I'm at that spot where I've got, you know, I'm a collector, so mm-hmm. you're in too deep. I'm looking for, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking for the rest. I got to find the rest, and I got to figure out how many there are, and I'm, I'm gonna hunt them down.
2: It's <laughs> <laughs> very frank of you.
1: I got a question.
2: <laughs> So, because this, this jogged my memory, so we are in the 20th year of Marvel Knights, okay. and Punisher was one of the original characters that got launched in the Marvel Knights series. Now, I'm curious, did you read that one? Because that's the one where he died, and he came back as the angel, and he, was, he had spirit guns. And no, just, again, I, again oh I've, missed,
1: I've missed a lot of him over the years. Uh, well, he's as, missed as far a lot of comics as well. <laughs> as, far as, the, as far as the comics go, I've missed a lot of the Punisher from the, um, the 90s and the early 2000s. And um, I don't remember which writers. Um, I know I threw Garth Ennis's name out there, um, but he's a, he's, a, he's he's an a, illustrator, isn't he? Uh, no, no. Oh, Garth is, writer? is the writer, yeah. yeah. He's okay. All right, I've I've got a lot of Garth Ennis um, Punisher books. Uh, so
2: yeah, kind of when he went to the Max label, then yeah,
1: yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Most, yeah, a lot of the a lot of the newer comics that I Punisher comics that I have are Punisher Max. Um, but I did start collecting the 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 Marvel again. Um, the most recent ones and um, I, right now it's just finding the time to sit down and read them. You know.
2: I, I struggle with that as well. That's the hardest part about this hobby. I, I
1: hate adulting sometimes. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well definitely I know once I get this Cosmic Ghost Rider collected I want to want to let you borrow that because I'd love to see your mind like how you react to this perversion of the the Punisher.
1: Well, maybe by the next time you guys record, I'll be able to come on as a guest again and talk about it. I don't know. (laughs) That'd that'd
2: be cool. We'll get a little nutty with that stuff. Uh, Let's see. Moving along. Uh, Daredevil issue 611 will be out. This continues the storyline of the death of Daredevil or the death of Matt Murdock. This has been very intriguing. I am enjoying it. Um, and also, I want to do a little side plug that Marvel Knight's 20th anniversary book. If you're a Daredevil fan, I hope you didn't pass on this. I almost did. I'm not going to lie. I almost gave up and said, eh, I don't want to buy another miniseries. These anniversary books suck. But this one was awesome. Like, it's the whole Marvel Universe doesn't know it's the Marvel Universe. Mm-hmm. You know? huh. So it's like Frank Castle is one of the first guys, and Frank Castle is a cop. And he oh, just wow. happens to drive by Karen Page's grave site and sees Matt Murdoch there. And. Mm. all Matt knows is he's Matt Murdoch. He doesn't know anything else beyond that. Yeah. And so Frank is like, dude, you're daredevil. Oh, well, actually no, I'm sorry. I don't even think Matt knows he's Matt Murdoch. Huh? And Frank is like, I know you're daredevil. I don't know what your name is because luckily when daredevil had yeah. his, his, uh, genie put back in the bottle, but yeah, and Bruce Banner's locked up in the back of this patrol car, and he's the oh one who's man. giving all these facts, and it's mm. just—it's crazy. It's the Marvel U that doesn't know it's that. It's—it's so huh. it's definitely a great twenty, and that was just the first issue. So yeah, but anyways, uh, Daredevil six elevens out there, Domino issue eight, which was written by Gail Simone as well. So hopefully that series has been doing great. Fantastic Four will be on its third issue. Uh, the Infinity Wars is still going on, and it will be going on for quite an infinite amount of time. So uh, we will now get the Infinity Warps. It's a two-part miniseries, so hopefully this will explore more of the Marvel you folded upon itself, so we'll see some other mixtures of people. Luke Cage, Every Man Marvel Premiere Graphic Novel. The graphic novels are very uh, esteemed stories, so if you're a a Cage fan this is going to be a big moment to pick up something there. Marvel Knights, Captain America by Reber and Cassidy. Uh, When those two gentlemen got on the book, this was the Captain America book post 9-11. They did a fantastic job, and this would be their second Uh, storyline, the New Deal, and it was great. So I highly recommend this one. Uh, Very prestigious stuff. Marvel Masterworks will be continuing on with volume 17 of The Mighty Thor. So if we want to see some uh, old school Thor, that's the place to go. Uh, For you movie fans, Marvel's Captain Marvel prelude at issue one will be out there giving us some more backstory about The new Carol that we're getting both in movie and comics. Mm. Um, That's cool. Marvels, which if you want to learn more about the original Marvel Universe, this is a great story. So they're taking the original Marvels by um, Kurt Busiek and Alex Ross, and they're making a remastered edition trade paperback. It's beautiful art, great story. I highly recommend this if you don't have a copy. And if you do have a copy, get ready to get another one. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, Peter Parker, The Spectacular Spider-Man, issue 312, will be crossing over into Spider-Geddon. Punisher, War Machine, volume two trade paperback. So this is another this era is of Frank's yeah. life where yeah. he basically gets a hold of Rhodey's old War Machine armor and says, fuck it, I screwed up and I sided with Hydra, now it's yep. time to take him down. So that was actually a really good way. And I liked... I really enjoyed the way they concluded that story. Mm. I think it was great. I don't want to spoil it for my buddy Sam here. but Who hasn't I read definitely, it, but has all of them at home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you need to crack those open. I need to borrow those. <laughs> right um, Secrets of the Uncanny X-Men number one. I believe this is a free book, so if you're looking to jump into all the uncanniness of this month, definitely grab yourself a copy of those. Cool. Uh, Spider-Man Deadpool issue 41 will be out there. Jumping ahead, we've got... Well, Actually, this is the big book right here. Uh, Uncanny X-Men number one. It has been too long that the Marvel <laughs> Universe has not had an uncanny book. And yes, I know we've had uncanny Avengers. Yeah, uncanny that means Avengers. nothing to me. I will gladly give away those back issues. I liked that team.
0: That book was great. The Unity team of the Avengers, even though it ended up being fake, because <laughs> it was fake Captain America that put them together, but it's still, I, I enjoyed that team.
2: I I liked it. I just wish that, unfortunately, you're right. Every time a writer would get on that book, it's like they did something. And it's like, oh crap, I'm coming to my last issue. Let me, it was all fake you know it's like no let it exist it was beautiful quit taking it away but anyways yes it is finally back uncanny x-men number one i'm very excited and hopeful uh this will be starting off the brand new era and it's going to start with a famous title Disassembled. So we know when we had Avengers disassembled, that came out of left field and it destroyed the classic run, and it gave us an amazing team. It was two amazing teams. That's true, very true. So yeah, so I'm very hopeful for this one. Um, Whatever letter R is in the alphabet, that's how many very yeah. So eighteen variant covers, (laughs) and on top of that, that's probably not even talking about all the dealer exclusive comics and yeah, all that junk. So yeah, so. Definitely get yourself a copy. I know I'm excited because as soon as this comes out, we're going to be getting a weekly X-Men book. So start saving up. And make sure you save a lot of money because in January, we're going to get that Uncanny X-Men number one annual. It's got a beautiful cover. Uh, I'll let you go find that on the internet, but you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, sure. Uh, (laughs) Unstoppable Wasp Issue 2 will be out there. She's been doing great there. Vault of Spiders 2 of 2, so this ties into the Spider-Geddon. Venom number eight. Um talk about some timing but this is going to be an interesting issue Uh, Eddie Brock will finally pay tribute to Flash Thompson Mm. I'm surprised that it's taken eight issues but I'm very happy that this is going to happen and then uh, Venom annual number one will be out as well because it's getting a second printing and X-Men epic collections these are fantastic the Sentinels live so this will take us back to the um, early days of the X-Men with some um, Jim Steranko art so, definitely just to look at those pictures alone is worth the price of admission. So, that's what's on the rack. Shop wisely.
0: So, let me let me ask you this because he's, he's talked about it earlier. It was a uh, dance lot. I mean, I, I'm sure there's probably been people that have been uh have done a run longer than him, but just for me, like, dance slot on Spider Man has been such a long time. Uh-huh. When you get done with something like that, do you like, I mean, I, and I actually had. What I don't even know what Danson went on to. Did he do? The, did he start doing a uh, Iron Avengers? Man, Iron oh, Man and Fantastic Man. Four? So do you do you sit there and you're just like, all right, I'm ready to jump onto the next thing, or do you just be like, okay, I need to relax and like, you know, recoup my brain for a little bit? Because think of all the stuff that he did as the writer of Spider Man. Yeah, I mean, Spider Island is just one. Oh my god, <laughs> yo, there was so
2: much. I mean, and then I mean, he gave us the uh, oh my god, the Spider Universe. But what is it? The movie, the the spider spiderverse. There Spider Verse, Spider Verse. Okay, I couldn't figure out how to put <laughs> the that. We about but, the one that just came out. Well, well basically, the movie out. will Eat be Spider Verse. Yeah, that'll be uh, that's inspired by the story arc he came up with. Okay, and then even then, his stories still continue because that's how we're getting Spider geddon Right, like, they, they credit the whole idea to him. You know, it, it is interesting. You know, like yeah, what do you do after that? Like, you just kind of like, I don't know what stories I've got left. <laughs> or Do I want to talk about another character? Or uh, and it, it's it's almost got to feel like. I don't know. I think mean, that sounds goofy, but I think comic fans can understand. Like, it's almost like you lost somebody. I wouldn't. You know? yeah, he's I would not imagine. talking to Peter Parker
0: anymore. No, he's not. Uh, I, I mean, I, I'm assuming Peter Parker will show up in Fantastic Four at some point. Because oh, of course you, you have know, the to. Them, <laughs> you know, they, 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 we do have a wedding a coming up. <laughs> but it's just, it's, it's got to be. It, I just almost want to be like. I just feel like I need to rest after after yeah. thinking about having to have to write all those stories. But you know. More power to him. I mean, I imagine any <clears throat> writer can just be ecstatic that they got to write one character for that long and then move on to the next thing. You know, they're going to – hopefully he'll get to do Fantastic Four that long or, or uh, Iron Man for that long. So,
2: Yeah, I I, I feel like – I mean, I would wager to say he might be the longest-running Spider-Man author. Um, but to I think, like, like you just said, he could sit back and look and think like, wow, look what I've done for that character. Mm-hmm. Look how many times I screwed over Peter Parker. <laughs> I mean he
0: did when did he start he started before Brand New Day, right?
2: Um no, no, no. no? Uh, he actually he might have. Well, okay, it was one more day, which was the end of JMS and that so, right. that. so brand new day. I think he started a little bit after Brand New Day. Because oh, okay. I don't think he was one of the original authors on that, but he did get into that brain trust and then eventually took it over.
0: Right. Okay. So there you go. I just wanted to bring that up, As you know, that's uh, a lot of uh, uh a lot of writing for one man and uh well, speaking of, speaking of Spider-Man, like we uh, I said I said earlier in the podcast, we did lose the the legend, the man, the icon, Stanley this week. Uh it was midday Monday, it was reported that uh, he was taken to the hospital where he passed away. So it's unfortunate, but the man was 95. He, uh, he lived quite the life. His, his wife, uh, for many years, had passed away earlier in the year. And, you know, you hear stories about people that, that lived that long, married to the same person that long. When one, one of them passes away, the other one tends to not, not be too far behind. So for me, it, wasn't, it didn't hit so hard because I knew that it probably was going to happen sooner, sooner than later than later. But how do you guys feel? I mean, what do you want to talk about? Sam, with uh, the Punisher, obviously uh, Stan didn't create him, but I would imagine he was the editor-in-chief at that time?
1: Probably, yeah. Um, Well, okay. We're we're remembering Veterans Day today, too. Um, And he is a vet.
0: Um, Right, he is a vet. uh,
1: You know, he served during World War II, 42 to 45. Uh, The Army actually has a tweet for him it says rest in peace soldier comic book creator passed away at the age of 95 um it's it's heartbreaking for a lot of people i'm sure but like you said is it at the the risk of sounding heartless is it really unexpected no i don't think it is but it's still it's still a a dark day um i think for comic book fans the world over Mm -hmm. you know And, and i'm not saying that to sound you know ominous or whatever. I mean, there there really are Stan Lee fans all over the world. And it's, he's, he's got fans from every living generation. and every on, walk of life. Right yeah.
0: Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Like, um, opening up social media when the news came down, everybody was talking about it. Every single person had an article, a picture, had yeah. some kind of remembrance to Stan Lee on their yeah. social media at that moment. Because it was. It, it was something that connected just about everybody. I mean, say before 2008 when Iron Man came out, I mean, maybe even, if yeah, somewhere around, you know, if he was before that, would we have had as many people talking Probably about it? Probably not. But not but as many, but the movies did help and, you know, we got to see him more in all those cameos and yeah. he became more of everybody's uncle, everybody's, you know, eccentric True. dad, the one that told us the stories, the one yeah. that, that came out and, and you know... Uh, filled us with joy and stuff like that. Yeah, and so. then
1: people realize, you know, you see Stan Lee presents mm-hmm. Spider Man. You know, Stan Lee presents on all these comic book covers. I mean, forever. You know, as long as I can remember, I mean, I would always see Stan Lee presents on 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 the cover of of every comic book, and and uh, mainly because I was paying attention to the Marvel comics over the DC comics. You know, but but um, just realizing just how. Much his finger was in in on the pulse of the comic book world you know um it was just it was an incredible thing to to realize just how much of an influence he had on i would other writers Mm -hmm. you know other other publishers other people who've, who've been in the various positions that he's been in in the comic world you know and just being the icon that he is you know it's like man you're right we're not gonna every marvel movie forward
0: yeah, I mean, I I, I don't I, I imagine in uh, Avengers four probably uh, Captain Marvel in Avengers four probably already had his cameo filmed, so yeah. that's gonna be the last one, the last ones. But yeah, it's it's, I mean, even look at uh, Teen Titans go to the movies. Like they got him to come do his cameo <laughs> oh, for that movie, yeah? even though he's he doesn't have anything to do with Teen Titans or DC. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. it's great that he he was he was like tongue and cheek. The homage was there,
1: yeah. you know.
0: <laughs> Chris.
2: I um it it well it, it 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 hits you know like it's 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 kind of funny like it's like I lost my grandpa mm-hmm. and yeah. I know it's I mean I've never met the man I've never been lucky enough but
1: Yeah but when you're that famous you feel like you when somebody's that famous you feel like you know them
2: Yeah well I mean he definitely he he filled a void in my life you know because I just I guess the thing that was always neat about the way Stan wrote even when he wrote in prose style not just comic books but the way he would write in prose it was like he was talking to you you know and I loved that and I remember like I, I, I went to go find it and luckily I found it um, I don't know if you remember those for some reason libraries especially as a kid when we were younger they were so much bigger you oh, know yeah. I don't know I don't know why but it, it felt that way and they used to have these series of books and Marvel was just smart on the way they did this and um, I remember picking up this one Fantastic Four the secret story of Marvel's cosmic quartet this thing you know it was back in 81 so by the time I got to it it's already like 10 years old or yeah. whatever and I used to love it because they would always have an intro by Stan oh you know and then even in between the different stories that were in the book some were written by him some weren't written by him and he he put in his two cents and he'd talk about it and it just it was so fascinating to just like read this guy's words You know, and it's funny because the voice in my mind, it fit him, Mm -hmm. you know, because then I remember, you know, later on, you know, then as I'm getting older and I'm watching Mallrats and it's like, oh my God, Stan Lee's in this movie and (laughs) Brody Bruce is like, this is a guy I relate to and, and, you know, like Excelsior, young man, you know, it's like, oh my God, that's him. And, you know, and it's just so neat to know that Stan's pretty much been everywhere. I mean, we've seen him as a trading card, we've seen him as an action figure and, you know i mean he did he lived an incredible life i mean it's it's you feel sad obviously but at the same time you know the glass is still half full and to think about what he's created what he's given to the world it's amazing you know it's just it's oh well, his legacy's going
1: to go on forever
2: yeah yeah i mean it's 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 awesome you know and it's <laughs> so it was just kind of neat to kind of look back at that and think about you know when you first met the man when you first saw the man And he was, he was bigger than life, you know, he was, he was very bigger than life and it's awesome, you know, like I, I, I learned a lot more about him uh, learning about Joan, you know, that was even hard to find out when she passed away because she did a lot for him as well, you Mm -hmm. know, I mean, how amazing to find, you know, a, a spouse that is like, you know what, risk it, take it big and. Thanks to those words, it's like, boom, we got the Fantastic Four. We got the Marvel Age of Comics, you know, and and Stan, luckily he was a big guy. I mean, I know a lot of people will always be like, oh, well, you know, he screwed over Jack Kirby or he was this or that. I don't think so. I think it's just that's the unfortunate side of of business Mm -hmm. and it's not always going to be pretty i mean look at you know look at the joe Schuster and jerry siegel you know there's a prime example of the hardships of it but luckily their gifts were so much more than just business that they gave us amazing things and to know that stan you know i mean he he was the editor who would write back you know, when you read those old 60s comics, those letter pages, yeah. he's writing back to those fans. It's not some, you know, hey, you scrappy kid, Just some you intern. Know? <laughs> yeah, just some intern doing it, you know. And and he didn't stop even when he left Marvel, you know. He was chairman apparatus. I'm sure I'm not even saying that word, right? Emeritus. Emeritus, yeah, you know. And, and it Something was like fantastic because you'd see the stand soapbox and all these amazing things. So, I mean, it's it, it hits, but at the same time, I – I know it's it's better for him he's at peace because this last year it was sad to read about an article with stan's name in it because you didn't know what was coming for it and i'm glad that he got his house in order i'm glad that he reconnected with his daughter and you know i i can just imagine you know his last words probably were excelsior Excelsior. yeah and and the, the gift that he gave us it's so amazing i mean one of my favorite uh, characters and heroes that he ever gave us was Cyclops, you know. And I know, you know, we always, you know, everybody teases and whatnot, but I, you know, he he nailed it just right. He knew all those different personality types, and so it's just kind of neat to be able to say, you know, what you can always go back and and look at some of the stories he wrote, you know, go off to the the fantastic, you know, nine realms and read about Thor and his struggles, and and come back to Earth and see about discrimination with the X Men or isolation with Spider Man and all these things, and no matter what, you don't quit.
0: You know, yeah. I mean, just I mean just to just to think about the mere number of characters he created for us, for 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 Marvel Comics, for us as children, as us as adults. You know, this all all the characters that we love watching on the screen right now are are almost all his. I mean, yeah. even 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 though Captain America wasn't created by him, he helped revitalize him. Oh yeah, he brought him back. He to brought us. he brought him back. So it's 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 amazing. How much one man with uh, the people that he worked with, where it was able to capture so many different aspects of life, you know, yeah. and obviously he lived, he lived his life. He lived, yeah. he lived a, a life that uh, a lot of us would maybe even shy away from, but he, he did it. He did it all. He did. He, and he, he, he was just, he was there to comfort He was there to stand up. He was there to listen. He was there to speak out. You know, it's all the creations that that came came from him uh, live on and will will immortalize him. Yeah. So.
2: Yeah. No, he definitely, I mean, you know, no matter what, no matter what, every Wednesday or any day when you pick up a back issue, you always know that Stanley presents something to
0: you. And his voice (laughs) is there. His voice is there. It will never die. So. That's, uh, it's, it's, it's incredible to think of, to, to think of his life and, and all the things that he contributed. So, uh, I mean, do you, uh, obviously you already said Cyclops, but is there a, a, sp- another certain character that you just, you know, that he created that you just hold above all others, all others?
2: Well, you know, honestly, I mean, it obviously it's Spider-Man, it's Peter Parker. I mean, that's yeah. the Marvel flagship character.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. there's a reason for it. Yep. Uh, but
2: I will tell you, I remember before, like, I, like, I guess my, luckily it's weird, you know, it's kind of weird the way <laughs> comics are. I always remember this quote Kevin Smith had. And he said, how it was sad that new kids today will never know the experience of reading action comics number one. And it blew my mind because I was like, I did though. Like I got lucky. Mm-hmm. Like Superman died, and I went to the local Walmart, and they had the trade paperback. I mean, Walmart. Yeah. I mean, now it's not unheard of, but back then it was. And and there was a it was the death of Superman, the complete story, and then a you know a, a, a raggedy copy of Action Comics number one in there, and I read it, and like here it is, the Alpha and Omega in one little box together, and you know then I remember I would go to the local Walgreens, and I'd look at the comic racks, and I. um I looked at, you know, I, I remember reading Fantastic Four number one and X Men number one because luckily they were part of the those old. They were, had that silver frame around in the Marvel Milestone editions, and I was into Fantastic Four first. That was that was my gateway drug into the Marvel universe, and it was just so awesome to see that. And you know, Reed Richards was the cool guy. I knew I couldn't be Reed, you know. So <laughs> really? I, I really got into Ben Grimm, the thing. You know, it was just so cool because it's like I could do that. I could punch stuff, I could lift <laughs> things maybe have to set them down quickly but yeah, you know, and, and it was just so cool because the way he told that story, they were a family, you know So to me, yeah, definitely the Fantastic Four would be, you know, that is the highest of highs, you know and Spider-Man, and I mean there's so much more, you know, but definitely Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four and I always loved the way those two synced together, mm-hmm. you know What about you, Sam?
0: Is there a character that uh stanley created that you hold above all others or just his work in general his
1: his work in general i mean just because like i said i really didn't get into um some of the older stuff that you guys are talking about i mean i'm I'm getting ready to it seems like (laughs) you know um but like you said spider-man x-men um those are the two big ones that i can think of right now you know because because Again, getting back to the scene, Stan Lee presents Spider Man was was the biggest one that I would always see. You know, big letter Stan Lee presents Spider Man. You know, Stanley presents the Amazing Spider Man. Stanley presents you know anything that had the the webbed kid on it. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so so that would be the one that that sticks out in my mind as far as uh, remembering um, what he's most known for. Uh, obviously, he's got a large body of
0: work mm-hmm. but you know definitely spider-man um i wouldn't say that he's i mean he's not my favorite character i do love the character but uh daredevil i always think about the story mm-hmm. that stanley talks about he's like i was creating this character and he was blind and i had no idea how the blind community was going to accept him if yeah. not if yeah. they were they I, he thought that they were he gonna was so come, afraid he was afraid they th- he thought they were gonna come at him with pitchforks to be like look you're I'll making you fun of us, it. yeah. yeah. You're, you're mocking us and stuff like that. But he talks. He talked many times about how you know uh, someone uh, that was blind or, or sight impaired, like yeah. you know, would come up to him and be like, you know, thank you, thank you for creating this character that represents me. That yeah. that you know I'm able to uh, read and one of the few comic books that's put in put out in braille. You know, uh, so that I can. I can continue on in these adventures with everybody else kind of thing. Yeah. And, that, and that's, that's incredible. I just think about that. Like the, the way that he was able to connect with someone just because he felt like this is someone that, this is a story that needed to be told Yeah, and, and people, and people loved it. So that is, like I said, not, pro- I mean, I do love daredevil, but it's not <laughs> one of my favorite characters, but just the, the idea that, that, that could, that happened. That's a thing that after, being who he was and creating all the characters, he still had that fear, so to speak. Yeah. Of of, am, are, is are people going to accept this character? Am, am I am I going to be mocking somebody with this kind of thing? So.
2: And I will say, I think it was kind of neat too that, I, I I I don't feel, I think he understood that the world was bigger. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds weird, but he'd look you know i always hear stories of how he had that standing typewriter and he'd have it facing the window and he would type and i think he did he looked at the streets and he saw what was out there and he definitely pushed a lot for change you know because i don't think it was an editorial mandate coming down saying hey you got to make black panther mm-hmm. you yeah. got to make these characters mm-hmm. he just
1: did i think it was him know? seeing seeing the world and saying we need to be able to speak to everybody we need yeah. to be able to speak to you know the kid who can't see, or the 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 girl in the wheelchair, or you know the people who just feel different for whatever, you know, and and be able to 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 speak to them in a way that that says you are accepted for who you are. Yeah, you know, and and I'm as I've gotten older, I've seen that a lot more in in uh, in in the comics. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, just there there's a lot more. I mean, you've got you've got. Gay and lesbian characters, mm-hmm. you know that that it's not a huge deal, you know, like oh my gosh, you know, yeah, that's um, not the part of the story. That, exactly, just it, who it's they just are. yeah, exactly, exactly. She's a superhero who happens to be gay, or he's a superhero who happens to be blind, or right. you know, whatever. Um, it's just um, it it includes everybody. It is it, it has become um, even even back then mm-hmm. it was it was more about inclusion um, than I think. It was ahead of its time.
0: No, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. so so I pulled up the the piece of Stan Soapbox that I love that one making <laughs> making its way around the internet uh, uh, about bigotry. So I'm going to read it, and, uh, and everybody can stand along or listen along. stand along, Stan Soapbox. <laughs> uh, let's let's lay it right on the line. Bigotry and racism are among the deadliest social ills plaguing the world today. But unlike a team of Costume supervillains, there can't be uh, that they can't be halted with a punch to the snoot or in the snoot or a zap from a ray gun. The only way to destroy them is to expose them, to reveal them for the insidious evils they re- they really are. The bigot is an unreasoning hater, one who hates blindly, fanatically, indiscriminately. If this if his hang up is black men, he hates all black men. If a redhead once offended him, he hates all redheads if some foreigner beat him to a job he's down on all foreigners he hates people he's uh, he hates people he's never seen people he's never known with equal intensity with equal venom now we're not trying to say it's unreasonable for one human being to bug another but but although anyone has the although anyone has the right to dislike another individual it's totally irrational patently insane to condemn an entire race, uh, to despise, an, or, I'm sorry, to to condemn condemn an entire race, to despise an entire nation, to vilify an entire religion. Sooner or later, we must learn to judge each other on our own merits. Sooner or later, if man is ever to be worthy of its de- of his destiny, we must fill our hearts with tolerance. For then, and only then, we we will we be truly worthy of the concept that man was created in the image of God, a God who calls us all his children. And then there's some Latin there. I don't know if you know how to read Latin or pronounce it. At the very bottom, Pax. Pax et justicia, I think. Okay, there you go. <laughs> I I, I, yeah. I think. I think sign Stanley, but you know, that's, it's, it made its way around the internet once again, uh, with with Stan's passing. And, uh, I, it's, it's definitely words to, to be held up in a world where everybody is divided.
2: Yeah, no, he definitely, he gave us the, uh, the tools and the inspiration to, to stand up and, you know, stand up and be counted. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at, uh, I would love to find that record, but you know, the Marvel March along society and all these amazing things. And he did, he wanted everyone to be included. And I think he did a great job of that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, every time somebody sees a Marvel film or actually anytime anybody sees a a superhero film, anytime somebody reads a comic book, you're included in one of the best parts of the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes I get sad that it's not our little thing, but at the same time, it's great to bring it out there to everybody. And I hope they find the best parts of it.
1: Yeah. That, that, Latin, it's peace and justice. Oh, that makes it's a lot Latin of sense. It's Latin for peace and
0: justice. It's amazing. Thank you, Sam. Um, anything else anybody want to say? We can go and wrap it up here. I mean, it's obviously it's a heavy heart that this episode comes out, but it's great to uh, celebrate the man in his life.
2: Well, let's end on a fun note. What's your favorite Stanley Cameo. And it could be from anywhere. Because I recently saw he did a he was he was Stanley as an editor. And he was talking to Eric Roberts, the actor, who is one of his artists. And Eric oh, Roberts was too. Yeah, this it's this crazy movie. I wish I could remember the title. And Eric Roberts is a Marvel Comics artist. Larry Hama makes a cameo in wow. this. Yeah, and Stan comes up. He's like, "Hey, what's what's going on, Eric?" And you know, Eric's like, "Oh, I saw this beautiful woman, and I can't get her out of my mind. And here's here's a drawing of her." And he's like, "Well, that's great, but you got to make comics. You got to draw, <laughs> you know." And he's kind of like, "I'm your friend, and I'll talk to you about it, but that needs to be done at home, not right." Now and it's just so wild to see and you know I mean, it's it's so late '80s early '90s you know because Eric Ro- Eric Roberts has this uh yeah the ambulance there we go yeah oh, He's remember got this, the ambulance this long hair God I can't mullet type thing going on <laughs> oh, yeah. it's God. Just so crazy but so what 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 is your either your favorite or your first time or both Sam of Stanley.
0: All right, well,
1: <laughs> all my all my uh experiences of him being having a cameo have been in, in just the Marvel movies. Right. But I think um I think my probably favorite is from Guardians of the Galaxy the first one. Okay. Where they're looking at him through the through the uh the lens of the of the wanted. Right. Uh and yeah, Rocket the, is looking at him. Yeah, and Rocket's says. looking at him. Yeah. He's looking at him and uh he's with that young lady. And, and, and they were they were joking around about oh man what's she doing with him you know <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I would say it's probably going to be my first the it's gonna and it would be Mallrats like I, I mean I don't know. I don't know if you consider that a cameo or not like yeah, I, I, do. Assume, <laughs> I assume I uh, assume Kevin wrote him in there specifically and is like look this is you have lines this is all the things I need you to move along the plot stuff like that but. <laughs>
2: Well, what a great way to get to
0: meet him too. You know, be like, <laughs> right. i like,
2: I want to meet this person. Luckily, I'm writing a movie, so <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> let's see if they'll be in my film. <laughs>
0: so, yeah, and then, you know, all the subsequential uh, cameos after that. I mean, you have him in the the 2000 X-Men. You know, you have him yeah. in the Spider-Man with Tobey Maguire. You have him in Daredevil oh, yeah, with right. Ben Affleck, that's you know. That's right. The, the the young Matt Murnoch saves him from walking out into yep. the middle of the street, you know. So it was. Was he in any of the Blade movies? He was not in any of the Blade <laughs> movies, not to my knowledge. I, I mean, there I've he still could never seen a, them. He yeah, a, he could have been in the bloodbath, you know, the blood rave who at knows, some point. Who knows? I could see Stan being <laughs> there. I could see it as a uh, DJ, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I think I think the only X Men movie he wasn't in was a uh, First Class, and that was oh, because wow. it was shot over in England, and okay, he just couldn't yeah. get over there. But. So it's it, – one of the, his more later ones, I do love the, the, uh, the fight scene in Homecoming when it's in the library. I think it's Homecoming in the library, and he's the, he's the librarian wearing the headphones, and he's kind of doing his own thing. He doesn't oh, understand man. there's a fight going on behind him. Wasn't that
1: Amazing Spider-Man? Is that Amazing Spider-Man? I think so. Oh, okay, my like bad. literally something that's going to hit him, and I think yeah. Spider-Man webs it and pulls right, it. Right, yeah. yeah. You guys are going to have to help me out on this one. There is a cameo that he did with his wife. Oh, him Ooh. and Joan. Yes. I don't remember which movie it was. I don't know if it was Infinity No. It wouldn't it be Infinity, Infinity War. I, would, no, no, I don't even no, think no, no, it's no.
2: Marvel Studios ones. I think it's back before. It yeah. was, no, it's,
1: no, no, no. It, it was a recent one. It was the two of them. Like It was like, there was like ominous doom coming like in most Marvel movies. <laughs> <laughs> And they were sitting there holding each other, you know, hmm. in a house. Gosh, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to look that up.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I'm not, I'm no, not I need too something sure. more
2: because I know he saved. I know Spider-Man saved, saved Stan. You know, Tobey Maguire Spider-Man yeah. saved him. Yeah. Um, so that's what I was thinking. Maybe it would have been one of those. Um, I'm
0: gonna have to look it up. Oh, what, was was it uh Apocalypse? actually, no, men Apocalypse? I was gonna say Incredible Hulk when he drinks the, 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 the soda juice. The, Hulk, the soda with the, the Hulk stuff in it. I know there was an older lady oh, in, in the house with him. I just don't remember if it was his wife or not. I'm gonna have to go back and watch them all. <laughs> Unfair. I know, right? <laughs> what a task. <laughs> okay, so uh, if you want to get a hold of me and talk to me more about Stanley or any of the, the comics we talked about today, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Michipedia Chris is also on Twitter as... Uh, stuff I should say, stuff being sold, S-H-U-D. Uh, Sam, do you have a Twitter or a social media you'd like to give out? I am old. Okay. I do not. Okay. <laughs> no,
1: I'm just kidding. Um, I don't, but I probably will here,
0: um, especially now after this. This was a lot of fun for me today. Well, I hope we, hope we can talk you into coming in more often then. Cool. If, uh, if you'd like to ask Sam stuff, you can ask him on our Geekly Radio Twitter. It's at Geekly Radio. At Geek Radio on Instagram and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Radio is our Facebook page. Uh, check out our website, geekeleteradio.com, for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on the Geek Radio Network. But until next time, this is Imagine If on the Geek Radio Network. And for the great Stanley, we are going to sign out a little dif- differently by saying Excelsior. Excelsior. We now return you to your regularly scheduled program.